Pearl necklaces for men are having a moment. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Hello, everybody. As February is marching along, this is Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are the Focus Group here every Wednesday. Uh, if you watch us in real time, which very few of you do, and uh, but you can catch us anytime, including our audio version on Saturday. But uh, in order for you to find all of our media, go to focusgroupradio.com. You'll find our podcast there, which is TFG Unbuttoned which is a 20-minute show released each week on Tuesdays. And then, of course, all of our media here with the Focus Group now in our 15th year. Which 15th I laugh about. year. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, we're survivors. We're survivors. We are. We were number 14 again last week. I think. So I get the rankings each week where we fall in. On, on the business the, shows. On, on the business Apple. shows. Yeah. yeah. It's odd. Sometimes it's 140, and other days it's, you know, 12. So I guess it depends on on how things are loaded or what, what people download. So later in the show, you and I are actually going to talk Super Bowl. We both watched it. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll, a little funny moment that I'll share with you is, you know, um, you know this AI thing, chatbot, GTI, whatever this right. artificial intelligence thing is that Microsoft bought and then they built into their search engine, Bing. During the halftime show, Bob, we're watching Rihanna, and uh, which I thought was kind of a fun performance. And, Bob said, you know, I think she's pregnant because she did this little thing where she touches her, her stomach and um, he goes to Bing, which is now supported by this chatbot thing. And he types in, is Rihanna pregnant? And he hits return. And you know what? The, this enormous word comes back and it just says, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then a bunch of articles about her talking about the, the, their, how they're expecting a new child. But I mean, when was the last time the internet returned you a single word? Yes. <laughs> well, they were saying that that was supposed to be the promise of you asking Alexa or whatever, is that yeah. you actually got your answer rather than it coming back with a bunch of articles for you to search, that it would actually answer for you. I think it's kind of scary. Yeah. You liked Rihanna? I enjoyed the staging of the show. You know, it was a closed dome, so they could do that thing where they had the platform suspended from the ceiling. But I said to Bob during all of this, it doesn't matter what the halftime show is on some situ on some levels, because if you're at the game physically, how could you even be seeing any of this? You know how huge the stadium is, yeah. right? I went, I, went, uh, I went to the show. It was Gloria Estevan was the entertainment. And there were lots of rules, what we had to do when she came on in terms of flashcards and holding cards and so forth. But a lot of people went to the bathroom. Oh, wait, wait. You were at the Super Bowl when she was at the halftime show? Yeah. Gloria Estevan. I was okay. in Minnesota. and. Uh, I think it was the New York Giants versus Buffalo Bills or something. I think that was the game. But um, yeah, I, I, had, I was working at Subaru. We had tickets. I had just moved to Minnesota. I had nobody to go with me to the Super Bowl. And uh, none of the dealers would go because I couldn't. I only had two tickets. So um, you Marianne, and Marianne came. <laughs> okay. And even then, there were lots of protests out front about the different names of the teams because... For instance, the Washington Redskins have to change their name. The Cleveland Indians have had to change their name. Their name Why yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs have not? And they were doing the tomahawk chop, which is supposedly now not. Uh, uh, Bob picked that up, and he said, that's not very PC, but yeah. So someone offered us $1,000 for our tickets. Oh, my God. And after 15 minutes, Mary and I said we should have taken that Take thousand bucks. <laughs> because it, it, But we had never been to a Super Bowl, so we wanted to go and see what it was all about. And um, I, I still often tell this story about how Minnesota nice uh, things are there. It was a Sunday, and parking at the stadium on Sundays was $2. And that's what they charge for the Super Bowl. You park underground in the freezing cold. $2. $2. I said, how, I said, I said, how much? $2. <laughs> they could have really gone right? you know, crazy, but they didn't. But anyway, so I, uh, I watched that. We went to our friends Mark and Carl's. They hosted a little party. A party. You know, Mark's a fantastic cook. He made this jambalaya, which was just, I could, I could have sat there and just drank it. I mean, it was jambalaya. so good. It was really good. good. Our, gum, our gumbo. It yeah. was a gumbo. And he did something I never heard of before. He baked his rice. Have you ever baked rice? Did he cook it first, then bake it? Or did he literally put it in the oven in the water and bake it to make it? He, he says he cooks it in the oven. I didn't know you could do that with rice. Because uh, yeah, I, I tend could. to burn mine too much. 
Well, we, we have a rice cooker. Don't you have a rice cooker? Yeah, my rice cooker never worked. It always burns the bottom. I must be doing something wrong, not putting enough water in or something. I don't know. My rice burner serious? always burns have, rice on the bottom. Never, Threw it away. Never burned rice in a rice cooker. Never have I. Did, well, Twice I've thrown the, it away. Here's the big question. Did the rice taste any differently baked versus than the way you would normally do it? Well, it was um it wasn't as sticky, which I like. Okay. So it was like drier maybe? Yeah, it was drier. It was really quite good. He made a basmati rice with this uh mm. with this gumbo with shrimp and uh and and sausage or as Richard says sausage. <laughs> I think it was ham in it too. Anyway, it was delicious. I I it was uh, really quite good. He made wings and I brought over I was white trash. I brought over um potato chips which Mark would never buy for Carl. So I brought potato chips with French onion dip because when I was a little kid, my mother, we knew it was Super Bowl then when you get potato chips with French onion dip and my mother would make Cornish game hens. I don't know why that became a thing for the Super Bowl. For Super Bowl. Yeah. French onion dip was huge. I, did you used to do it where you're, you would buy the, um, you would use the Lipton's French onion Right, the sour cream and mix it. And put it in the sour cream, right. (laughs) I did not do that. I actually bought one pre-made. Okay. And, um, and, and, and were they over. Lay's potato chips, the nice greasy? Well, I got Utz. I, oh, I, I, I got yeah. Utz, which is a local, kind of a regional brand here. But I, I laughed, and Carl opened him right up. I love a salty <laughs> snack too. <laughs> Why is he being but, monitored somehow for? Well, no, but you know, Mark things? is very. Mark's very. He's a great cook, and he also is very. Um, he's careful about his eating. He's yes. mindful. He's a mindful. Yeah, not that Carl isn't, but you know, if you have it in the house, you'll eat it. Tim, this is a friend of mine recently asked me about this. I instituted the new, I, I'm, I instituted a diet. And I, I, he said, well, what are you cutting out? I said, I'm not cutting anything out. I'm just being more mindful. Right. I, I have a habit of walking through the kitchen. I'll be like, oh, I think I'll have that. You know how many extra calories you probably eat a day just by wandering through the kitchen? Right? Oh, I can, Unless yeah. the only thing that's in there is carrots and celery. Right? <laughs> and you're not picking that up. No. I, um, you're going to have to, when you visit, you'll have to see if you can get uh, the cookies you like. Would you eat those? Oh, we brown? Bob loves. So, yeah, we're going to be seeing Tim soon. And Bob, was it Market Fresh? Fresh. They were the, brown, they were the brownie cookies. And yeah. there was, a, was there a lemon one, too? There's a lemon one. There's a raspberry. It depends. You know, once again, everybody's blaming the pandemic. And the prices have fluctuated. Like, you know, well, eggs cost so much, right? Yep. So the cookies have gone. They used to be four ninety nine for eight. Then they jumped up to six ninety nine. Then they jumped down to five ninety nine. Then they were five forty nine, and they've they've been all over the place. Which I guess is based on the availability of ingredients. Which I thought was weird that they that it fluctuated that much because most places have just raised prices and not lowered them. So every time we visit you on our way out, even if Bob has already got some, we stop at (laughs) Fresh Market. He goes right to the cookie thing, and then he. Do you know that we only recently ate our last box he took out of the freezer? Put them in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check to see because they've been very, um, it's been haphazard. So when I, when I shop and I know you're getting close to coming, I'll see if I can pick up any. Just so you just, just in case you can't get them. (laughs) People do hoard them. Yeah. We haven't seen Tim in a while. And the last time we had planned a trip, you guys had more snow than we ever got in New York City. You you had that amazing. We've had no snow this year. We had a little trace amount, like a dusting, which uh, lasted for about 30, 30 minutes. Did you yeah, get we've it? Had you've very you've little, had anything shovelable? No shovelable snow? Upstate, I shoveled once and it was like maybe an inch and a half of snow. It's a very unusual winter. In fact, how unusual would it be that, that Bob was like raking up some sticks and pine cones, which you didn't normally do that in April? Right. You know, when all the snow is melted, but there's, you know, the, the what else, right? I hope it doesn't snow, but we'll probably get it in March. It seems to be what happens. I have been saying to friends, don't count on this. March and April might be cold, wet, and icky, and probably early May. We've had those kind of late, late winters, right, that go yeah. into the push the summer. Hey, I had a, uh, a little audio clip I wanted to share with people. It's a video. Uh, we, we got it sent to us as a friend from a friend on TikTok, um, and it's, David, David Williams, who is the taller half of Little Britain, you know, the Matt Lucas and David Williams, and Joanna Lumley, who played Patsy on um, Absolutely Fabulous. The two of them are just great. And it's this, they play a couple, he, husband and wife. He's on the left, she's on the right. And they're talking to an interviewer about their marriage. And I think it just gets funnier and funnier as it goes along. So I'm just going to share this with you. It's audio only. 
I think when you've been married for what, 25 oh, years, yes. you end up being able to finish each other's... Wine. <laughs> OK, I was going to say sentences. Oh, sentences, what? yeah. I mean, it's uncanny. We know each other so well, we can read each other's... Text messages. No. What's no. up? No, minds. Oh. <laughs> read each other's minds. I mean, when you spend so much time together, you get to this point where you're completely <laughs> indifferent to each other. In, in sync with each other. <laughs> we can always tell what each other's... Secretly plotting. ...thinking. <laughs> and I always say... Got to be able to laugh together. Got to be able to laugh together. So it's great that we share a sense of foreboding humour. <laughs> I think what keeps me and Carol's relationship so fresh is that we've got this really strong man next door who exercises in his cycling shorts. <laughs> no, it's a really strong bond. Oh. I mean, yes, we're husband and wife, well. but more importantly, we're best. Off without each other. No, best... Sleeping in separate rooms. No, best... Ending this pointless charade. No, best friends. We're actually very lucky. Because we both found our soul... Mates. That's right, Carol. Mm. You see? We're like two peas in a... Deeply unhappy marriage. <laughs> God. I wondered, did, I wondered, did you see the video of it? Did yes. she have her, did she, I, I just picture her holding a cigarette like an ab fab. Well, she has this kind of blouse thing on, like a house coat thing, and she keeps clutching at it, and she's sitting, and, and she looks distracted as if she doesn't want to be talking, and he's got this fake mustache on, and I don't know, I, Joanna Lumley was a Bond girl, you know, many right. of you might remember her from some of the James Bond or a James Bond movie. And then of course she was Patsy. But I think one of the things I love about her is she's a great comedian, right? Yeah. Timing is everything. And the way those two of them play off each other. <laughs> she was a core. I, I think it was on, it was either PBS or CNN, which, you know, vastly different. But during the, um, she was one of the correspondents for, from uh, the UK for the queen's funeral. Yes. And yes, uh, yes. she, it was such a different, I mean, she had such respect and, and reverence mm -hmm. for the queen. It was interesting to see her in that role, but uh, great, great humor. And I, 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 I've always loved the early Ab Fab shows. Well, you and I both know that if you, I think seasons one, two, three were pretty much. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah. That you could just take those and run to the bang with them. Yeah. Anyway, that just made me laugh. And I, I just wanted to share that with listeners. So as John said, we'll talk, uh, and during Shop Talk, we're going to talk about uh, the Super Bowl and some of the advertising, and particularly one in particular that uh, targeted uh, Jesus. And uh, so we'll talk about that then. But before then, we've got uh, a caught my eye. So Mr. Nash, what caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. All right. A he a headlines usually grab me. Uh, and... You know, when they do, it's usually something really funny. And so here's my, you know, you can order a barrel of lube on Amazon. What? Now, Tim, if you're seeing the pictures, if you happen to be watching the video, oh. this is a brand called hashtag lube life. And if you're looking at the monitor, Tim, do you see the guy on the water slide next to yeah. the barrel of lube? Who does that look like to you? At first Brian. Glance? Brian. <laughs> Yes, it does. Not that he's shilling for it, but I just thought that it was could be funny. him. It probably is his. If that Mark three sixty, Brian would sell something like this. What's a lube life? What's what's it say in there? What's the little writing there underneath uh, something on the, on the jar? There? Something lubricant. It's water based. That's why they showed around all this water. Oh, water based clean. lubricant. Yeah. So the the headline read: "To whom it may concern, you can order a barrel of lube on Amazon." So this whole thing just is this woman, uh, Becca Blasdell, who writes for Vice. She, uh, she's very funny, actually. I, I, every time a piece of hers comes up, I always laugh. Um, and she talks about how freaky it is that you can go online and buy things. And she says, do you feel like no matter how often you buy lube, it's just never enough? <laughs> Are you tired of smashing the order button along with smashing your own noggin into the wall? I'm here to let you know that your prayers have finally been answered from the lures of lubrication over at a wildly popular lube brand called Lube Life. Now, Lube Life has over, I think, 1,200 positive comments. And when she went and looked at it, you, you know how sometimes when you order things, there's like, like sizes, like right. 16 ounce, 32 ounce? Well, 
it, this goes up to even a 275-gallon pallet <laughs> with, the, with the spigot on it of lube. So she says here, perusing Amazon to top, to top up your lube, you might notice that Lube Life not only has insanely good ratings, but it also offers insanely huge quantities. More than just providing a wide variety of lube with a sense of humor, the brand wants you to take, subscribe, and save to the stratosphere, providing shoppers with the ability to shop its original water-based lubricant in bulk, and we mean bulk, snag a 7,040-ounce barrel <laughs> for your upcoming orgy, boot camp, workout, or slip and slide. For context, that's equal to 888 ounce bottles of lube, so you never have to say the words, honey, we're out of lube. <laughs> so it's it's like a fifty five gallon drum. Drum, it's a drum. So I guess Atlantis Cruz. We talked about the Atlantis Cruises on uh, on on Button this week. I guess mm. they would. Order, I guess Atlantis could order offer these and have the spigot and and everyone go to town on the ships, right? <laughs> what would, what would you possibly do with a with a fifty five <laughs> gallon drum of lube? If you if you go to Amazon and you put in Lube Life and you go to their 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 page and you click through the pictures you'll see little eight ounce bottles but then you get to the barrel and then you get to something this massive plastic jug encased in metal it's the kind of thing that you would ship on a plane right and then at the very bottom of this there's this little thing that you push a spigot that stuff comes out so um I, she she has fun with it let's put it that way i wonder if it I, I, in all seriousness i wonder if you did buy what, what would you does it last forever? I mean, could you buy one of these 55 yeah, gallons? Yeah, water based. So I can't imagine that it's going to break down. And then what do you do know. with it? I mean, that, that, anyway. You I put guess. it in your garage. And yes, I think that she nailed this when she said, who's buying this? And yeah, that's what we like, want to know who's buying it. Sex parties and orgies. But, um, what does she say here? Why is it, so why do people love this stuff so much? Gaze upon the cold, hard facts. Not only is this water-based formula hypoallergenic and unscented, it's also compatible with most toy materials, including oh. natural rubber, latex, polyurethane, and condoms. There are thousands of ecstatic reviews about this lube. Quite a, re a few reference pancakes, question mark. <laughs> she doesn't know why. One five-star reviewer said, if you're not a two-pump chump, like to engage in extraordinary, mind-blowing toe-curling sessions, um, and then she said, without her asking to use pancake syrup as lube, save this lube for those who want a silky feeling of moisture that is unreal. So, oh. stupid one for me, but I, headlines always get me. Yeah, so no, that's a good one. When someone says, to whom it may concern, you can order a barrel lube. I mean, my, my I'm caught. I, mean, I, I wonder what it costs. What's the price? Does it say? Oh, I could, yeah, I could, if I could Google it for you, but the, the barrel was... Um, I forget how much it was actually. I I just was obsessed with the fact that you could buy a barrel of this. Yeah, no, I wonder if it's a thousand dollars or. It's, I mean, I wonder how much a barrel of lube is. I'll I'll I'll, I'll look yeah. it up while we're while we're my... proceeding. But there you go. Because I, I I got uh, tricked by the headline as well, um, or not tricked, but uh, caught my eye or the interest. The, the this headline is, pearl jewelry for men is having a moment. So if you watch the Grammys, um, and I'm sure we'll be seeing it in the Oscars, but uh, there was lots of um, interesting fashion that uh, came down the, the red carpet. And uh, there's a trend now for men to be wearing women's accessories, jewelry. Partic particularly jewelry. And they said, particularly in this case, pearls. And they're blaming it initially on Harry Styles. They said he's the main culprit when it comes to bringing pearl necklaces into the spotlight. And, uh, and people are loving it. They said that um, he's been kind of somewhat of a gender bender in terms of his dress and clothing he wears. And uh, he's now started to sport pearls. And you can actually buy them. There's a link here to buy the pearls that he wears. And um, so they've shown a bunch of different fashion pieces. And they had a number of pictures of men wearing pearls around their neck and or around their ankle, like an ankle bracelet, um, pearl stud earrings. Or um, just other little accessories you would pin to your shirt or a bracelet, of course. I thought it was, um, I like guys that, I sometimes used to like, I don't wear jewelry. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start there. But, you know, once in a while somebody has a, you know, one of those sailor not, not mm -hmm. bracelets yeah. or. And it's, it's Yeah. When we were growing up, guys would wear the puka shell necklaces or some of those stuff. I used to think those were cool, kind of neat. I don't know about men in 
pearl necklaces. <laughs> what, 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 would you wear one or would you? I'm not like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a jewelry fan. I'm sort of like you in that way, right? Yeah. So you would not wear, you don't, you don't think you do. You know, do you have any friends you think that would wear them? Wear mm. jewelry, wear a pearl, pearl necklace no, or pearl bracelet? Not, not off the top of my head. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think as well. I guess maybe it's a younger thing. I don't know. Possibly. I knew older men that would wear um, somewhat flamboyant rings. You know, bracelets sometimes, and, and like Liberace. Kind of... Remember Liberace, the flamboyant rings and bracelets. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think I don't even think Liberace wore pearls, did he? No, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and not. you know, I had to process that for a second. No, his extravagance was those capes and right. sequins and his performance stuff on stage. But I think because of who he was, the time he performed in. Those big rings, to, those huge yeah, rings well, you wore. The like, rings, I think they were everyday kind of things too, right? Those were hilarious. Didn't he Bob buy everyday. one of the, the costume ones there? Bob had at the, one of point, the piano. He had a, he had right. a pair of boots. He had, uh, I, I don't know if he had any jewelry from Liberace, but yeah, he's. But when we went to the museum, he bought the ring. He bought one of the yes, replica yeah. rings, which was hilarious. <laughs> it sold a replica ring. Hey, we shut that whole thing down, by the way. We were the last people there. The, uh, yeah. Right, it would close that weekend, which is sad. A friends of ours, you know, um, Patrick and Howard told the story. Did I ever tell you this about the? They they had gone out there to the museum. They went. They were very disappointed. It was in that rundown strip mall for the Liberace Museum, and they said they were walking through, and there was a bunch of they called them Midwestern kind of little old ladies that were huge fans of Liberace, and one of them asked, "How come he never got married?" And so Patrick and, and so Patrick and Howard, a bunch of their friends were there, and. He said one of the, you know, the tour guides as well, you know, was very concerned because of his fame. If he had children, they may have been kidnapped and held for ransom. And they said they busted up laughing so hard because these, you know, little old ladies bought this hook, line, and sick. Oh, yeah, they were screaming, laughing. I said, oh, my God, I had to pee my pants. They were laughing. They're like, you got to be kidding me. They're actually going down this route of telling this story still. You know, why not just say he, he He's celebrity. Know, wasn't in the cards? <laughs> so anyway. Light, what is it? He was light in the loafers, ladies. Yeah. The old phrase we used to have. So caught your eye was something you would not do. And uh, I didn't mind some of the pictures, but uh, I think it takes a certain kind of guy and a certain kind of attitude to pull off jewelry that we normally associate with women, right? Yeah, I, and and I, that's why I said I don't really know any of my friends that would wear a pearl necklace or something, but I do know a lot of younger guys seem to be doing the kind of gender bending in terms of clothes and stuff. I, I you know, I would not look good in a sundress. I'll say this: so. uh, our niece <laughs> Catherine, who goes to uh, school upstate, she loves Harry Styles. Really, and uh, she saw him in concert here at Madison Square Garden with a friend of hers, and when the two girls talk about him. And how obsessed they are with him. He could come out in a tutu, and they wouldn't. He, he's Harry Styles. He's sexy. He's cool. That kind of level of celebrity, I guess, pulls that off. But I don't know. Me. Did you see what he wore to the Grammys? That yes. patchwork thing. Well, I posted on our Facebook. It's like a page. Harlequin clown. In fact, you mentioned well, I posted some... with the Lucy thing. Our friend Jeff yeah. sent us that. Jeff Lonoff, and he said, he said, now I know where I've seen this before. <laughs> it was the hostess pants? Lucy got Ethel for her birthday, which was I hilarious. The hostess pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What am I going to do with these? <laughs> Hostess pants. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, we have a business birthday. And our shop talk revolves around uh, some particular advertising in the Super Bowl. Uh, and we're going to have a broader conversation about it in general. So stay with us through the break. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now, back to the focus group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Hey, welcome back to the focus group. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co host, Mr. John T. Nash. Thanks for joining us here on the focus group. Learn all about us and our sponsors at focusgroupradio.com. So, Mr. Nash, without further ado, we have a business birthday today, February 14th. Or 15th, I'm sorry. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings. But the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. I got my date mixed up. So February 15th, which is Wednesday, which is uh, 
which is today. Bruce S. Gordon is celebrating his birthday. He's happy, happy 77th, born in 1946. An American business executive who spent most of his career at Verizon. He uh, currently serves as a corporate director of CBS, Northrop Grumman, and Tyco. Wait, wait, he's on a, so he's a board member of these places? A board member. So, you know, and they pay you about 250 each. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a lucrative, well, congrats, right? <laughs> yeah. He had gone to uh, Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. It was a good liberal arts college uh, here in PA, and then got his MBA at MIT. Uh, so he was at Verizon for a number of years. Um, he originally began at Bell of Pennsylvania, and then moved into uh, when it became Verizon. And uh, ended up, when he retired, he was head of all retail markets uh, at Verizon. He retired in 2003. He was credited with helping Verizon promote diversity and corporate culture and uh, also um, helped revamp their customer service uh, at the telecom company. The American Advertising Federation inducted him into the Advertising Hall of Fame in 2007. Uh, he was named by Ebony Magazine as one of the 100 most influential black Americans. In 2006, he was ranked number six in Fortune's list of the 50 most powerful black executives. And uh, he also does consulting for Fortune 500, uh, Fortune 500 companies around diversity. He's on a number of other boards, or he was before Office Depot, uh, Infinity Broadcasting, the Alvin uh, Haley uh, Dance Troupe, the Barnes Foundation, and Lincoln Center, dot, dot, dot. But the um, interesting, he when he left Verizon and retired, he was selected uh, to be president in 05 of the NAACP, which is a civil rights organization um, here in the U.S. And they said most of the past, he was an unusual pick. They said most of the organization's past presidents had been prominent figures in politics, religion, or civil rights. He came from this business background. He said he was the only candidate that was seriously considered by the organization, and they approved him unanimously. Um, he was able to get George Bush, George W. Bush, to make an appearance at the NAACP uh, in 2006. They said um, Bush had declined to address the organization for most of his presidency, but um, Gordon had developed a relationship with him and said that, and Bush had said that his moderate political views led him to make an appearance. And uh, he spoke at the NAACP, which was, uh, for George W. Bush, a big deal. He ended up resigning. Uh, Gordon ended up resigning in 2007. He stated, I did not step into this role to be a caretaker, to be dictated to. I stepped into this role to understand as best I could the needs of the African-American community and then to propose strategies and policies and programs and practices that could improve conditions for African-Americans. The things I had in mind were not consistent with what some, unfortunately, too many on the board had in mind. That's a read, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, and my mind drifted back. He was appointed in 2005? 2005. 2005. He, he resigned in 2007. He's just, only he, two years at the helm. Yeah, he said he was not, uh, he didn't want to be a caretaker and that he certainly, uh, what he wanted to do was not consistent with what uh, the majority wanted to do on the board. So he decided to get out. And so now he does diversity consulting and uh, is probably enjoying his time on the boards in retirement. Um, you know, you mentioned that he got his um, MBA or MS. And he got an MBA from uh, MIT. MIT. Yeah, Sloan, the Sloan Fellows Program at MIT, Sloan School of I don't of often think of uh, MIT as being a business school. Unless, of course, he came from the technology background. Is that, is that why? Because he worked yeah. at Bell Labs. And... Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but MIT does have um, non-engineering, obviously non-engineering degrees. But... Oh, sure. It's just, it's just funny because it, it, but because of his Bell Labs and his tech back, well, his early tech background, maybe that, that might have been an influence. Interesting career, though, huh? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like you would think of the Rochester, you know, or, What's the Rochester Polytechnic? RIT, oh, Rochester yeah. Institute of Technology. Technology, right? yeah. And then there's RPI too, I think. But I suppose, um, you know, they're very specialized. But yeah, so he, uh, 77 years old. But, you know, these boards, you and I have talked about this before. If you can get on some of these boards, I want on a board. <laughs> Who's going to put us on a board? Any board, know. though, any board we would go on, they're going to want money from us. Don't, don't you think? Yeah. You hope that someday someone picks you to sit on a board to make 
smart decisions and to help guide companies. And oh, by the way, here's your stipend. It's enough to basically, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you got nothing. So that's our business birthday today, Bruce Gordon. So happy birthday, happy 77. Hope you have a piece of cake. So Super Bowl uh, 50, what is it? Super Bowl 57? Yep. Is in the books. It was interesting to watch the game. I was very pleased that it stayed super close. It wasn't a runaway for either team until the last, uh, you know, the last literally was it 29 seconds or something with the field goal kick. Um, can I say that um, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. There were some fun ads. There was some interesting stuff. But has the magic gone out of this? And do you think our own, the ad industry has basically just killed the whole thing? Because it killed of itself. The, yeah. yeah. No, do you feel that way? Yeah. So I, I will say, of course, I was rooting for the Eagles because of my Philadelphia Philly. connection. Yeah. And everybody here where I was in Delaware was rooting for the Eagles. So I was sad to see them not win because I like the coach, too. I like Nick mm -hmm. uh, Serrano. But, um, you know, I, I thought... The Super Bowl seemed to sneak up on me or us, I guess is how I'll say it. I knew it was coming, but in, in our past, we've been doing this for 15 years. We used to go, I remember going up to Manhattan on a Sunday and you and I doing a special show to cover the ads that are being run on the Super Bowl. Yeah. We had a party and in the studio. People would call with their favorites, the whole bit. Right. Yeah. We always had Stuart Elliott on to give his, mm -hmm. uh, his play on it. We've had executives from a number of companies, including Volkswagen come on and talk about their Super Bowl ads that they did. Uh, we had people from ad agencies come on and speak about uh, Super Bowl ads. The creative they process, on. yeah. And so to me, um, we, told, we didn't even mention it last week <laughs> that the Super Bowl was happening. And I tried to go look for some of the ads, and I think you're exactly right. I think the ad industry has kind of shot themselves in the foot by releasing all this stuff early on social media. So someone who's not a huge fan of football has no reason to watch the commercials because you can see them now mm -hmm. anytime. And I was shocked by the lack of, I was shocked that there was no Budweiser. Yep. I was shocked by the limited, almost absence of car brands. It was just really Ram, Dodge yep. Ram, and a Kia commercial yep. that I remember. Totally. I was surprised. That's a huge category, right? Big spender. Yeah. So auto auto seemed to, to say, well, not, not this year. Uh, some of the alcohol, no, the, not this year. I don't remember any of the candy. I don't know if candy even did it. Okay. Well, M&M's had a whole I guess narrative. I missed it. Well, M&M's had this thing that ran several weeks. They were going to not use the spokes candies right. because of the far right pushback. Then Maya Rudolph joins. She does something. I mean- one writer said, if you didn't know the narrative and you saw the Super Bowl, it would it would just been like an Eminem ad. And so you, you, I guess, I don't know. I've always People aren't following it that close. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not, the, not now with advertising. Before we had YouTube, and you know, you and I actually, a lot of this used to be that you'd find snippets of things before they were released. Right. Now, every, now it was after... Well, it was after Volkswagen did that famous Star Wars ad, but the the Force thing that everything became, let's let's goose it beforehand. Yeah, trying to get the value out of what they spent, and which uh, is huge, by the way. Right. And of course, that car went out of production. The um, you know, even well, though it was well. The, the, well, it was the most watched ad ever, I think. But but the, the car it goes to show people. that all you know, clicks dashes don't necessarily sell people. Mm -hmm. You know that the fallacy. <laughs> I had a, I did like the farmer's dog. You know, it's that dog food. Yes. I thought that was yes, the I best ad that I liked. And the shocking thing you and I both said, which we were going to talk about, was this He Gets Us commercials, which were promoting Jesus. And from the, the guy who founded Hobby, or the owner of Hobby Lobby. One of the founders. Was, one of the founders. Uh, yeah, Hobby Lobby. And they plan to spend up to a billion dollars in the next three years to promote this campaign, He Gets Us, which... Uh, it's supposed to put, a, I, I guess, a shine or a positive shine on Christianity. I thought the ads were well done, which I, I was surprised well about. as well. And, you know, this campaign, um, He Gets Us, they paid over $20 million to air the two commercials in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm assuming that number is, includes some of their production costs, right. et cetera, but... The idea here is that Christianity, they want to redefine it. Um, they want to, you know, they want to make sure that people understand the message. 
And there are some things in here that, uh, like here's here's their website, you know, he gets us. If you go to this website for, for them selling Jesus, the website goes on to say, be assured though that we're not left or right or a political organization of any kind. We're also not affiliated with any particular church or denomination. Uh, but further investigation revealed that the campaign has some controversial ties. So they even went so far as to suggest that um, that these ads were going to break through to people and try to break the this whole grip that that the evangelical side has on culture dialogue. Right. Because at one point they said here, um, you know, they were even trying to say that you know all are welcome, including LGBTQ individuals, and we know that that's not exactly true, right? Well, that that was that stuck out to me. The other thing, and I, I actually wrote here, this is counter to all the border issues we've got going on that the GOP is banging the drum on. It says the uh, the he gets us. They discuss how he Jesus Christ was a refugee, had disdain yeah. for hypocrisy, was also unfairly judged like other marginalized groups in society. And I thought this refugee crisis we have on the border, everybody realizes it needs to be be controlled and we need to figure out how to handle it. Nobody seems to want to do it. Either party seems to want to jump in and, and get something done with it. But I, I laughed because I thought the the biggest, the evangelicals, which tend to be more, most of the GOP, if you were to pick one or the other, are the ones banging the drum about, don't let them in. We don't want them in. Yeah. And this this is saying, you know, Jesus was a refugee and Mary mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, they, they left and blah, 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 blah. So I thought that was funny. I also thought you're exactly right when they said they were trying to be more accepting or open to people that may have uh, left the flock um, because of either ch- the church abuse scandals or what was going on with, uh, with the non-acceptance of LGBTQ people by, um, by some denominations. So I thought that was interesting as well. I, 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 almost, cited, I almost cried BS because I thought exactly what you dug into this is a pr campaign yeah to try to fill the pews again but and the and the ads were well done i i'm not yeah, gonna they were. I, they were from a from a, a craft and an industry perspective i think they were well done i think i don't think know, they if, I don't know if it'll message. work will you i don't know if it will work do you think so? i you know one guy said here uh they were talking about christian identity and about religion and he said jesus doesn't have an image problem but christians and their churches do Ooh. these campaigns end up being pr for the wrong problem young people are savvy one of their primary issues with evangelicalism evangelicalism <laughs> and the modern church in america is the amount of money spent on itself and there was a lot of Twitter feedback about, like, well, you're going to spend $20 million to air an ad to say he gets us. Think of what the $20 million could have done to um, house or clothe people, clothe, right. house, feed people, or to, you know, to literally put into to practice the, the mission, right? Well, not, not, put them, not put the refugees on buses or airplanes and fly them to Which is Chicago so or New York treating people or as if they're just Philadelphia, or, right? Yeah. So that's not very Christian. And that's what I think the issue is here is there's, oh, you know, they were trying to, because I, I, I laughed about it when I, when I read this. I thought, hmm, this smacks right in the face of what DeSantis and uh, what, what's his name in Texas? I forget the governor's name now. Greg um, Abbott. Greg Abbott were doing with, with refugees. This, yeah. this, this is, you know, hypocritical, the message. So we'll see what happens. I thought they were well done. But overall, I, I was... Uh, I was uh, saw the Super Bowl with friends, Mark and Carla, as I mentioned, and, and Richard, and we all watched. But there was nothing where there was no wow or aha or laughable moment on any of the uh, one stuck out oddly. And, and the ad that stuck out for me that I enjoyed the most was for Crown Royal. Thank you, Canada. Oh, I so I tell me, <laughs> did you think it was I a joke or something? Well, I didn't know what it was until the very end. For Crown Royal, which I guess yeah. is manufactured in Canada, but I, they go through poutine and and which is fries and the, the you know that right. stuff on top, and they went through all the inventions that came out of Canada. And the, thank you, Canada, thank you. I, the ad finished, and and one of the I think one of them said something about batteries were invented there or whatever. He goes, look it up. And when we realized it was Crown Royal and that it was Canada, Bob was like. He, we, we thought the payoff was peculiar. I thought it was going to be the Canadian Tourism Board, but it ends up being <laughs> Crown Royal, right? 
So I actually enjoyed that one because it made me, it, it, it caught my attention. It made me think. Do you remember, um, was it, did it have any stars in it? Uh, I'm reading right here. I think it was, uh, namely it's Litany. No, I don't know. Unless it was the guy from the Foo Fighters, but, um, the guy that was, beha- it was a, it was an artist or someone in a mixing studio doing this. So I'm wondering right. who that was. I should look that up. Well, um, that was the other thing we all said. We, boy, we were, we didn't know who a lot of people were. These, these, these young stars or something. We, we Yeah, but when you did, it's like Ben Affleck at a Dunkin' Donuts drive through Well, that made no sense to me. I thought that was dumb. First of all, Dunkin' Donuts is not a national franchise, no. is it? So I thought that was odd that they spent that sort of money. And God, there was one, there was one ad with Billie Jean King in it. Mm-hmm. And she yep. just, and what did she just say? She said one word. I thought, I but that was a lot said. of money. Yeah. It was, I don't want to say it was boo. That's what I had Lance Armstrong say. <laughs> But it was something like that, like get out or move over or something. It was just something or hey. And, and how about, you know, you're a big, you're a Breaking Bad fan. And we, by, yeah. by, by the way, that is now on the radar. We are going to commit to watching all seasons since every, the feedback was like, how, are you insane? You haven't seen Breaking Bad. But they did, they picked up some of the characters for that Popcorners ad. Yeah, I. Um... And, and if you have something like the Breaking Bad energy, Popcorners, like how did you feel about that? I it fell flat for me okay. because um and what they were trying to say I think it you know it was a long stretch you had to have been a fan of the show to know yes. that yes you know this the the who was they, the guy at the end that demanded more flavors like well he, he was be... he was he was someone from a cartel in Mexico which is okay. like season three they get into okay but but um you know they make the best crystal meth on the market so they've got they've cornered the market this chemistry professor and this kid have cornered the market on crystal meth. And so this is, so now they found the next best, right? They found this pop, what, you, what pop was it? Pop corners. Pop corners. Yeah. So unless you knew that, it was totally lost. Um, like, I'd be like, what are you doing out here in this, you know, camper? What are you doing? Because they would make the meth in these campers. They would, so they wouldn't get caught, these roving meth labs. But um, yeah, that, now, that one, just didn't one, make sense. One campaign that was not restricted to the Super Bowl, but they did do an ad is your cousin from from Boston, you know, Sam Adams. Right. Your cousin from Boston. Like, for some reason, Bob and I have always liked that campaign. We don't know how they invented it. The guy's <laughs> like this Boston with the accent. you like Sam Adams, you know. Um, the, you know, the number one ad rated by Ad Week was for Tubi. T-U-B-I. Well, Tubi. I remember when like, it popped up, everyone said, what is that? But it's like that, a Pluto or YouTube, right? It's... Tubi streaming is service, isn't it? Streaming like yeah. cable, like your local and some cable channels had a fraction of the cost of cable TV, which we all know we would love to ditch. Um, but I, when Adweek came out with this, I'm like, Tubi, you're like, how wow. did they get that one? Like, I don't know, I don't know where their head was at with that. But and I saw Martha and Snoop Dogg in an ad, and I can't tell you what it was for. Oh, because it was, um, it, it was, we, we were was mystified by that as on. well. Did you happen to catch? Do you know what ad the, it was? Do you know what it was for? I have no idea. Yeah, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I have no idea either. An ad that made us kind of cringe and and def, definitely do a double take was the ad that um, attacked the Tesla for its auto driving oh, capabilities. Oh, yeah. Electric, electric, um, almost like erectile dysfunction. Dysfunction. It was uh, electric uh, electrification. Something about pre pre electric. Um, in other words, you don't want to have to wait and plug in and stop and plug in and stop. Oh, and oh, oh, in. that one. But there's another one where they show the Tesla on auto drive hitting a child. Oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> it was it was a dummy. It was a stop. dummy of a child. Super Bowl ad attack. Super Bowl attack ad shows a Tesla slamming into two child sized mannequins in a stroller. Who did that? Uh, let's see here. It was created by the Dawn Project, a group that has long attacked Tesla's self driving tech. Uh, so Tesla CEO Elon Musk said the ad would raise awareness that Tesla could drive itself while supervised. Um, I don't agree with him there, but yeah, the 30 second ad was created by the Dawn Project and, um, it, the Dawn Project says the ad shows tests it performed with a Tesla using the company's full self-driving feature in it. A Tesla can be seen swerving towards oncoming traffic, driving past a stop school bus, driving on the wrong side of the road and ignoring do not enter signs. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So I'm I'm surprised that you didn't see that one because that no, one. No, I, I would have loved I that du- one. 
I did a double take. I'm like, wow, am I seeing this? This is about the the driving self-driving car. Yeah. Apparently, Martha and uh, Snoop Dogg were were selling Skechers, the shoes. Skechers. What it's seriously? Yeah, it's just an ad for Skechers. Yeah, I would have okay. loved. Yeah, I, I would have loved the Tesla ad. We had one at Subaru, never got on the air. There were a couple of them that never made on the air that were that showed car competitors going out of control. And uh, there was one for a Ford Escape, and these little kids are crossing the street in the Forester stops in the Escape because the brakes weren't very good. Thing you hear <laughs> screeching and lurching, and the kids are screaming and running, and the 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 the, the, the crossing guard is trying to wave the stop sign. And then there was another one about uh, a car hits a car hits the guardrails. It, it was a Volvo ad, but we never did them just because for fear of being sued. But uh, were you but, sh- you didn't shoot them, but you saw storyboards from them? Yeah, well, they and they were tested and they worked because the the claims were real. But you know, to show Ford Motor, it's to show the Ford Escape yeah. going out of control when little kids are crossing the street, <laughs> and the the agency even put in like ah! <laughs> kids screaming. <laughs> And you can hear the on the sound, the, like the rough track, yeah. And the, right? and, the, and the ass slides out to the back, and you know the woman in the forester just looks over, and the crossing guard is making this face. I mean, it was, I thought it was hilarious, but the legal department's like, "There's no way we can. <laughs> there's no way I, we can do this ad." <laughs> I, I guess the agency felt it was their duty to show that kind of thing, like yeah. to present you with the option of doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, there wow. were some great ones that never ever made it. I mean, there's. I, I used to. Uh, another. Did great you guys one. Ever, ever shoot an ad that didn't? I mean, you spent the money, but you didn't air it. Oh example? yeah, yeah. One of my last ads, million dollars. Okay. Wow. Million dollars because um, there were fifteen chiefs involved. Uh, Too many cooks in the kitchen. And I still remember it to this day. What a what a disaster it was. But it was for the Forester and. Um, I remember the shoot was held up for a day because one of the senior executives at Subaru was trying to decide if the suit the guy was wearing should be charcoal or black. And the difference? So <laughs> we had 40 people from the crew waiting. Roads closed, everything. I said, what are we waiting on? Well, we're waiting to hear back from New Jersey weather. I said, uh, this wow. is absurd. This is absurd. I mean, there were, it was things like that, and it just went downhill from there. It was a horrible wow. ad. Horrible music. Everything changed, but it was the sales department decided they were going to take over and do the ad, and uh, it never aired. It was a disaster. So my God, I, I, I wonder if I have a copy of it somewhere. It was probably old you, I mean, it's hard to save that stuff because you're talking about storyboards and, vid- yeah. and, and VHS and stuff that they used to use to show you, but it's hard. The, the um, yeah, the ad was over a million dollars and it never ran. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you, you know, anyway. <laughs> there was another ad that struck me. Uh, it was for Workday. And um, they played off the notion that business people always call each other, you're a rock star. You're a rock star. Oh, yeah, oh, you're a rock I remember star. that one, yeah. And, the, and uh, I, I think the guy from Kiss, Gene Simmons from Kiss, might have been in there. Um, Ozzy Osbourne shows up, and at the very end, they're in a sea of monitors, like a cube farm. And this guy says, who's the new guy? And he looks at someone in front of him and he turns around and it's Ozzy in like shirt and tie. And he says, what's your name? Oswald. Um, again, fun and playful, like riff on, you're a rock star, you're a rock star. But the thing about this is that, you know, I think our culture is now so warp speed in terms of moments that right. by friday of this week are we going to still be talking about super bowl ads oh we're probably not we're probably late now or are we going to be talking about unidentified flying objects being shot down i mean well what are it, they do you think we know what the chinese balloon was these other things but there have been three three other ones shot down what do you think they are one over I, lake urine one over or, i gotta believe there's some balloons of some kind right i mean i i thought could it be somebody's um drone you know, yeah. some, somebody in, in, has a drone, their own drone out. I don't know. Well, I, I'm, yeah, it's they, curious that they won't say what they are. A. Don't you think? Two of, them by were, the way, two of them were like a cylinder, they said. Like, yeah, like an cylinder. oblong kind yeah. of cylinder shape. You know, by the time they scrambled and went up there to shoot down stuff, they have photography on the planes. The planes have right. cameras. I am sure that there is a wealth of data they're going over, and they're just hopefully emphasizing a use of caution before saying anything. But it is odd, isn't it? 
One one person explained it by saying that you know the military usually use is looking for higher value targets at right. different altitudes, but the minute they began to readjust for the balloon, and by the way, tell me don't tell me the Chinese aren't brilliant with this. If the Chinese know that we're our radar is concentrating on satellites, planes, and things at certain altitudes, let's send a bunch of balloons over. I mean balloons. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to shot it down right away. Yeah, you know, I would well, not have let it. I would not have let it sail across the U.S. There had to be some way. I think that they could have, as some, as even the governor of Montana said, he could have shot it down over Montana. It might have hit a cow. That was about <laughs> it. On the flip side, uh, I mean, you and I driving through Idaho and Montana, we, we'd that go thing eight hours and not see a car. Yeah, that, that it, when yeah. it came down, it would have hit a rock. Um, yeah. But. There also might have been some people in the room who said there may be utility in allowing it to continue doing and it over the water. It, see how and it operates. Capture, yeah, and, and yeah. getting what were they really up to and what was it doing? Yeah. Yeah, Andrea Mitchell yeah. said that they were able to use, they were able to, her sources tell her, she's usually pretty good, that they use, they were able to use some lasers to um, scramble whatever data they were trying to collect. So, they really wanted to see how the thing could move, and it had propellers. Maneuver, it could it yeah. could change course. So yeah. somebody was maneuvering it, driving mm-hmm. it from, you know, Pyongyang or wherever they were driving it from. It just proves that low tech could outdo high tech sometimes. Simple thing, a balloon, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the Germans have all gone back to typewriters, in their well, state, in their, they in their uh, foreign foreign uh, foreign um, or equivalent of our State Department. I don't know what they call yep. it. Because office. you can hack an electronic database, mm-hmm. but it's hard to hack paper. Can't paper hack don't break, Tim. Can't hack, hack, can't hack a typewriter, John. <laughs> right? Paper don't break. Paper I don't know. break. Number two. Number two in a yellow pad. So we had a, uh, that's Marianne's mom. We, yeah. She was wise. Wise, wise, wise. wise paper don't wise, break. Very, very wise. All right. So, so that's going to wrap it up for us, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the broadcast. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show. You could check out TFG Unbuttoned, which is our Tuesday podcast. Everything about us is at focusgroupradio.com, including all our past shows and all information about our sponsors, including Deep Discount. I want to remind everybody that the Oscars is coming up and uh, one of my favorite times. If you've missed some of the films that are nominated, by all means, go to deepdiscount.com. You can get there by focus group, visiting focusgroupradio.com, clicking on the Deep Discount logo and checking out all the titles, especially the ones that are available for viewing before the Oscars. So, we like to say, and we really do mean it, don't text and drive, arrive alive, please. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.